The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IONS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. It may sound trite, but it's so true that we learn not from the comfortable events in our lives, but from the disappointments, the losses, the struggles, and the emergencies. Those are the motivators that drive us to ask the important questions and lead us to undertake the difficult quests. And our guest today, Claudia Watts-Edge, is an excellent example of how those motivators can work together to teach us. Her happy childhood suddenly fell apart at age 16 when her beloved father was killed in a work-related accident. And after a year and a half of depression and grieving, her father's death served as a catalyst, creating a deep thirst for answers. And this letter in the 1970s to Raymond Moody's writings about NDEs. The search was further heightened when Claudia had a profound near-death experience in 1984 when she and her newborn baby girl died together in a placenta-related disaster. Her journey into fully understanding her NDE took over 30 years to surface, and as a result, she's written two books exploring the spiritual mysteries of the other side through her memories and dreams called Gifts from the Edge, Stories of the Other Side, and Gifts from the Edge, Volume 2, Lessons from the other side. Claudia lives in Utah, where she volunteers as a hospice worker. Claudia, welcome to NDE Radio. Thank you very much. I'm so pleased to be here. Thank you for a great intro. It's wonderful to have you. Claudia, the detailed account of you and your daughter's dying and then surviving, and the gifts you received upon coming back took years for you to fine-tune. But uh, through your journal Dream Sessions, your books show, share detailed accounts of your spirit school teachings and visions. So if you would, well, first let's begin with your birth emergency in 1984 and, and what you experienced in your NDE. Well, it started out pretty normal. This was my fifth and last baby, and um, I was full term and ready to go, and uh like you say, in moments, your life can change from, um, you know, happiness to uh, the term you use, disaster. Um, I was at the hospital. Um, it was, it, I followed intuition to be there. And um, something indeed did happen. And I started to bleed out very quickly. Um, there, I, I was told that I, even if I had been en route to the hospital, I wouldn't have made it. By the time they got a doctor, um, in to the room, um, he expressed that I had two minutes of blood left uh, before I was to die. And mm. I absolutely no pain was involved at the time. And I, you know, you, I was pondering the fact that, wow, so this is how it how it all ends. It uh, was was kind of quite a concept for me to grasp. Um, wow. So. um I was not, uh, I did not have any kind of anesthesia. I was, uh, the, the intern had a scalpel and they did an emergency C-section in the examination room. Without anesthesia. Without anesthesia. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't until the point that I noticed uh, the nurse holding this um, gray rope 
um, in her arms, yards and yards of gray rope that I realized it was my intestines. And boy, I mean, the, the pain set in. That was pain that had no um, kind of verbal expression other than <laughs> wanting to scream and, and run away. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so it was an intense situation. Um, they could not get a heartbeat on my daughter. Um, I didn't know it was my daughter. It was in uh, 84, and that was before everyone had that three or four month visit that they get to have a reveal party and know if it's going to be a boy or girl. I had yes. no idea. and uh, But I was concerned because I had heard them say that they could not get a heartbeat on the baby. And during the procedure, I heard um, that she um, was gone. Um, and uh, you know, it just the, the disaster part of it took over in my mind. I, you know, I was losing my vision. My hearing was coming becoming very acute. I could hear everything in the hospital, but I could hardly see anything. And I kept looking up to make sure the lights were on, and they were, but the sides of the room were becoming fluid. The ceiling had lifted on the room. And I, what I was experiencing was a formation of a tunnel. I was like, oh, I, I was very aware in, in having heard uh, NDE stories that, oh, a lot of people experience a tunnel. And so here come these walls closer and closer. And I thought, well, this is the tunnel. Um, you know, it was kind of interesting to uh interesting the thoughts that go through your head in those times but that was one of them and and I felt this tugging from behind and at the hearing that my my daughter was no longer with us I I easily very easily and I wanted to express how um, I just popped out of my body yes I had been in pain earlier but the experience of dying was kind of a no big deal it uh, there was a soft pop and it was kind of like the pop, um, you know, as a, as a child's, you know, those pop gun toys. That you put the little ball in and you squeeze it and the air pushes the ball out and there's a pop. Mm -hmm. That's a kind of how I would describe my death, actually. Um, is very, um, very soft that way. And I found myself um, looking at my body um, and everything was quite gruesome. And I had was extremely uh, tired of it detached from it um, because I was still me. What I was looking at is a gruesome scene that I just um, decided to leave and uh, started to float away and kind of experience. I had heard some music as I popped out of my body and I could hear it very clearly. It was the MASH theme, um, <laughs> which was <laughs> kind of crazy. It is. It, it begins suicide is painless. Exactly. It brings yeah. on many changes. As there I recall. you go. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. And I could hear it and I had focused on it, um, trying to keep my heart from beating, you know, all of the blood out of my body. It was going out faster, you know, than, uh, I just thought if I calmed down and if I calmed my heart down, so I listened to the music and after I popped out of my body, I decided to go look for it. And so I was very aware of the fact that I had this new ability to float. It was mm. pretty cool. And, um, I, I was following the music. I ended up in a gentleman's room who was kind of um, half asleep, kind of in and out of sleep with the television playing and, and 
I was kind of watching the program with him for a few moments, but I know, but when I could tell that he had no concept that I was there with him, it dawned on me, oh my goodness, I'm dead. He has no idea that I'm here with him. So mm. as soon as I heard that, I went into a, a place of, um, it was very, it was black. It was a soothing nothingness. Um, the a void is not a proper term because to me that equates nothing. And this was absolutely beautiful and alive. It was a living um, thing that held me and kept me comfortable and comforted. And I felt swaddled like a, like a baby. I was in a very safe place and I don't know how long I was there, but the comfort of it is something um, that, you know, you just aim to want to return to one day. It, uh, you I, know, when you told me about this the other day, I, um, I couldn't help but think, and I was, I've been trying to relate how this might be ever since, what you're describing is a womb. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You're describing a dark, warm place that's hugging you and loving you. And I thought, that's the womb. Wow. And then I, I, thought, then I thought, I wonder if you took your dead daughter's soul in with you and you just weren't aware of it. But to comfort her, you created a, or a, a spiritual womb was possibly created for the two of you. Wow, it's that's such a beautiful thought, Lee. I'm gonna I'm gonna hang on to that one for a while, um, because I have been asked, you know, what happened with your daughter? Um, you know, she's with me now. She um, she was revived, and she's a beautiful young woman. She's um, just had two given me little four year old twin grandbabies, and mm. and she turned out fine. But we were in in the arms of disaster for sure, and. Uh, how we both came out of it um, unscathed and, you know, <laughs> fairly normal, I guess. Um, you know, that's a miraculous event right there. And so I, I love that um, terminology. I, I think I'm going to hang on to that. Well, that's what it sounded like to me. Then, then I guess you heard a voice calling I Claudia. did. I heard this most irritating noise and it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was calling me by name and it didn't fit in the wonderful place that I was at. And I, I just kind of squirmed and just wanted to crawl in closer and tighter to my being held, but it just wouldn't go away. And it was calling Claudia, Claudia, you know, come back, come back. And after ignoring it for a while, um, I did hear her say, your baby is alive and she needs you. And I had enough wherewithal to answer back to try and make this noise go away. I said, no, my baby's gone and, you know, I'm staying here. But at the time that I answered, I immediately was back into my body. So, um, wow. so <laughs> kind of, <laughs> kind of like, Oh darn. Well, here we are. Um, and, I, I had become famous within the hospital. It was a um, teaching hospital, and I had a number of doctors and nurses and, and a, a number of people stopping in. They called me the pioneer woman, uh, was my title while I was there, and I was there for an extended time um, just trying to rebuild um, blood and whatnot. Um, my baby got, even got to go home before I did, um, went through 
hysterectomies and all kinds of fun things, you know. Um, mm. But they would come in the room and ask me, you know, what it had felt like. You know, they wanted to know what, what you know, I could not come up with the words uh, for for that intense of pain. And uh, then they would ask me, and it was funny that they used the terminology because I I was aware that I had died, but I was also, the hospital was also aware, and they were actually speaking, especially for 1984, quite openly of, about the fact that I had passed and that mm -hmm. they had brought me back. And so, but they would ask me, you know, where did I go or did I see anything? And and I had a very hard time answering that question. Again, two questions that were very hard to answer. And um, they would just kind of equate it to trauma and just kind of leave me alone. And it allowed me to push this experience further, further down, deep down inside of myself, because it was not an experience that I had read in, in uh, any of my searching through, um, you know, this NDE material and the beautiful stories of, you know, meeting loved ones and going to a beautiful, you know, green or flower or creeks or whatever environment of, mm -hmm. of calm and peaceful. I was calm and peaceful, but I saw nothing. And I felt an anticipation from my own mother of, you know, not being able to bring back a story of seeing my father, um, you know, that, that I'd seen him smile and, you know, got to hug him or whatever and got to bring back a wonderful message. And so, Nobody talked about it because I stopped talking about it. Everyone else did. And, you know, the, an experience like that, uh, you know, it, it will it will raise its head one day. You just can't push it down long enough. And um, But it took 30 years of continued researching for me to really start having um, the kind of wonderful dreams and things that I was um, – it, that I was starting to have and I, I had asked for them but apparently I had not been ready mm. um, I had actually asked in kind of an anger uh, one time you know I know there was something more that happened to me and why haven't I uh, been able to remember it and the voice asked me what did it prompt so I was you know, I said, hey, I've been, you know, I've been doing my homework here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you, I think you said um, that um, along with being disappointed at not having seen your dad, you uh, wound up at an IONS conference as a result oh, of yeah. watching a, a I Survived Beyond and Back show and mm -hmm. meeting a friend. Meeting well, a friend. Yeah. Tell us about that. Well, the the IONS conference is a, is a wonderful opportunity to meet so many wonderful like minds, and I had honestly at that point had was not familiar with it, and I watched a wonderful program called I Survive Beyond and Back, where I I was so um, enthralled in uh, the story from D. Dewitt Maltby. Um, I knew I had to find her. She was in Colorado, and I was in Colorado, and. And uh, I ended up finding her. There wasn't a whole lot of information other than she owned an antique store. So I went to every antique store in Colorado looking for her. <laughs> <laughs> that's the drive. That's, yes. <laughs> that's the uh, quest. You know, the, the other side gives you that, you know, you just want more. And I knew, I really believed her story. I uh, Right, you know, just down to my bones that she had seen God. And I, I wanted to, to know more about her story. 
and she brought me to the science conference and it was the most loving beautiful place to be with the most beautiful souls um all all sharing their stories and and the uh the talks were wonderful the hallway visits were wonderful mm-hmm. it uh it was a beautiful beautiful thing and because she knew a lot of um these uh nde speakers from um the program she would introduce me and or we would have you know lunch or dinner together and one of the <laughs> guests was eben i'm sorry <laughs> yes uh eben alexander yes. yeah I was at that conference. I I remember it well. It was oh my a, goodness, it was a wonderful wow. conference. But you had lunch with Evan Alexander, and yeah, and uh, you talked a little about how you would like to have designed your NDEs had you had the opportunity. Well, and I was with a group, so I wasn't just alone um, there. But he, it was before Evan's book came out, and. Um, he was still getting all kinds of wonderful experiences that he hadn't even been able to share on the program. It was still it was still growing. It was still uh, you still just get so many downloads and memories. It continues, but he shared that um, you know if he had been able to de- design his own NDE, he would have seen his father. Um, you know, his father was a, a, a doctor. I'm probably a surgeon. Just he was like a him. yes, he was. And he, he, you know, because they were so close, he couldn't imagine that he hadn't seen his father. And the the depth of his experience is miraculous and beautiful. And and you know, it's it's a it's so worth uh, you know the the read or listening to his talks. Um, it but but at the time he was still doing a lot of when he wrote this his book. Mm-hmm. So his expression of not being able to see his father just opened me up. It was like a door opened that it was okay. You know, here's this, you know, beautiful story this that this uh, gentleman has. And although it was different from mine, that was very similar. And I, I, I felt a door open and the memories did start to come in. I had asked really fervently, you know, and, and said, you know, I'm ready. I don't know how much longer... <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you guys are going to wait, but give it to me, give it to me. And the, <laughs> the dreams did start coming. Okay, well, let's now we still have some time to to hear about what you've learned from what you call your spirit school. But yeah. tell us, tell us how your guide appeared, because it sounds it sounds um, you described him as Mrs. Doubtfire and oh my goodness, yes, <laughs> and uh, the Texaco man. So. <laughs> um. One day he was the whirling dervish. He was all in red with this skirt that was flowing, and he turned and turned and turned and had this kind of tall, dunce-looking hat on, all in red. And I'm having this regular dream, and in the corner of the dream is this crazy movement, and uh, you know, around and around. And so, you know, my attention left the dream and to to him, and he held up this sign that said, pay attention to this. And as the dream kind of morphed into, you know, other things and um, so many different experiences from what I call spirit school, because I would find myself in a classroom. Sometimes it was out in nature, but a lot of times it was in a classroom setting, and I knew there were other students there, but I don't remember them or, you know, I don't have a memory of faces, but I knew that my guide was with me. And I also, um, I was 
so the the teacher was so patient and so wonderful because school had not been one of my favorite things. I I was very social and the schoolwork was not important to me as the social uh, schooling was. And so when I found myself in, in spirit school, I had an absolutely different attitude toward it toward it because I was getting a new piece, a new memory or a new piece of the spiritual puzzle. And so I, I, and, and my teacher would look me in the eye, you know, almost like a one-on-one, but he was excited. Everything that I was grasping, it was a thrill to him that I, you know, um, that I was, um, understanding the concepts that were being presented. So, this one uh, story of a spirit school I thought about sharing, um, because it, it they all came with headings, just like you know writing on the blackboard. You know, today we are going to learn, and this uh, heading was um, the layering descriptions and explanations. And you know, you know, we all have that quest. You know, why are we here? What is our purpose? And or why why are we veiled? We've heard about the veil, and we don't remember. And, um, you know, there's a, I have a lot of great stories um, that address that, but to go into it just a little bit deeper is, you know, when we ask, you know, we, we ask these questions, you know, what is it like on the other side? And we, we have these um, beautiful experiences that come back and are explored through IONS and many uh, other like um, programs, your program, you know, what, what a wonderful asset to the world um, to share these things. But it, um, so when I, when I was asking, you know, what is it? What are we here for? And, and all of that. And what is the, the, the big purpose, the big picture? And it was explained um, by, by my teacher pushing a pillow at me. It was this crazy. Uh. Um, if you're around in the, in the early 60s, um, this decor pillow on many couches, at least in my neighborhood, I remember seeing them in quite a few living rooms. It was a kind of a translucent material. It was light brown. There was a little round thing with little um, dotted Swiss. Swiss, <laughs> sorry. This fabric was kind of punched into the pillow. These little dots, little, little pink fuzzy dots, all over this brown translucent material. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that they would choose um, something like that. And he says, describe this to me. And, you know, we learn by example. That's our best, you know, way to be taught. And I was holding this thing trying to, you know, just, well, it's brown and it's round. And, and he says, no, I want you to go deeper. I want you to, exp- to let's explore. And how do you describe this pillow without... Um, you know, using words like this, pretend I have no idea what material is and, and whatnot. And, you know, that became really, really difficult. And I started looking at this translucent color and um, I thought of an onion. You know, it's uh, how the uh, um, the outside of the onion takes on this kind of brownish color. And it is a little bit translucent, but it does hold color. And he had turned away from me as I was thinking of this onion. He was uh, with another student. And a lot of our um, our speaking back and forth um, was actual speaking, but there was also parts where he knew what I was thinking because he was his back was turned to me when I started to think about describing it as an onion. And he, and he turned right around 
And he said, I want you to think about if you were on the phone with Jesse, Jesse is my son that I can uh, share spiritual concepts with. We can talk for hours. He's been very supportive in my journey. But um, he said, I want you, and he used his name. He says, I want you to pretend like you're talking to Jesse over the telephone. And then he went into this rant, and I'm just going to read it really crazy fast. But it says, <laughs> um, but now I'm trying to describe an onion. It's many layers. It's pungent color, the feel of it, firm yet wet. Then describe the color from here. Then describe the pillow and the polka dots and the entirely different texture that doesn't match or fit the translucent or translucency or the texture. Then explain the tiny hardball dots of fabric fabric that are fuzzy to the touch then go on and on trying to describe a pillow to someone who isn't familiar with fabrics or the era when this cloth was popular and we haven't even touched on the description of the color of the pink dots yet and then he went <gasps> you know as he as he had thrown out this verbiage at me <laughs> and it was it was so funny silly and to the point and i got it i got in his trying to illustrate frustration to um, to explain to, you know, our limited human minds just cannot conceive of, of this hugest of, of concepts to be shown us. And so what we're given are layers. You know, my, my explanation of, of the onion is a lot how we are taught on this side. It's definitely been for me in an actual school setting but it can come to us in dreams. We may have an entirely different type of dream, or it might come in a, in a life lesson. But whatever um, layer to the puzzle that we are working on, um, it'll come to us. And it has to come in layers. And our guides and our teachers on the other side are excitedly watching for that light bulb to go on. You know, oh, they got it. And they can they can build upon that that initial concept. You know, we can now go to step two. We can now go to step three, and you know, it's a it's a desire um, to want to to take those steps. You know, it's you know, I, people will ask me, is it you know, is it okay? Because I just I don't really care when I die. I die. You know, blah blah. And and of course it is. But there are many of us that have had experiences or just you know, this quest to want to know more. And so I thought that was an interesting, uh, you know, way that they would talk about uh, this layering of concepts so that we would get it. Are all of the lessons taught with examples like that? That's yes. almost like, um, like Jesus' parables. Exact. Thank you. I appreciate that because that's how they are presented. I will even get a, a subtitle that say metaphor or parable and remind me that I'm receiving stories, not exactly how things are on, are on the other side, but because I'm very vocal in sharing, um, I'm given the concept in a story form. And that's how I wrote my books is, um, if this is a um, act of service, I will give the dreams that were about service or about letting go of fear, or um, and those are my chapter headings. And then I, I give the dreams as they are presented because they are lessons from the other side. They are tools to teach us by a simple story form. Mm. Wow. Well, Claudia... Um we are just about out of time for today, uh, but uh, tell uh, tell the listening audience how they can find your books and and your uh, website. 
Uh, terrific. Um, I'm on Amazon. Uh, you you can uh, find me at Barnes and Nobles and other places. I did have one thing. If we have like two minutes, I could share. Go um, ahead. One of the because I wanted to talk because I I talked about Spirit School. I did want to share a memory of my NDE, and it was uh, in a translucent bubble I guess I want to call it or a spear I could see out of it and I knew that my guide was was beside me at the time but I wanted to leave you with this huge aha because it's still something that I contemplate Um, I was writing in this bubble through the universe through the stars they were passing um, we were click quickly moving through the universe and as as we approached each star I could hear it um it had a consciousness and it had a voice and it was calling my name. It was welcoming me. I was somewhere back where I belonged and how was my trip and it's so great to see you. And as one star would stop, we'd get farther from it and the next one coming up, I could hear I could hear the vibration and um, the joy and love coming from all of them. But at each star that I approached closely, I could hear it naming me. It knew me in an intimate way. It knew who I was and loved me beyond measure, every star that we approached. So I wanted to leave this this aha, you know, something to think about. It's uh, It was quite an unusual uh experience and I'm glad for the dreams as they come to me the memories that come to me and I I don't know how many more books are in there I'm just writing them down as they come but (laughs) that's great you know uh, one last thing I wanted to say to you was what a blessing it is to have a son you can talk to about these things oh my goodness yes and you know I love my family but you know it's been a it's been kind of a lonely venture, you know, to be kind of the oddball of the family. It, it, <laughs> so it often is for people who've had these experiences. Yeah, yeah. And uh, though no one has outright, um, you know, been offended by what I have to say or anything, they, you know, I get a lot of shaking heads and whatnot. But um, but I do appreciate my Jesse that will, you know, he, he'll, he'll just call and say, I, I thought of this or I dreamed this or what do you think about that? And man, we can just, we can dig deep. We call them our dig deep phone calls. So Wonderful. I, and I felt like we, we did some digging the other day too, Lee. I, I appreciate you. I appreciate your work. Um, and I appreciate the, the Ions family. Um, it is a wonderful organization and. Oh yes. Tell us about the, uh, you're going to moderate a, a panel. Oh, yeah. The- yeah. I'm I'm excited to be moderating a, a panel um, in August. I believe it's the 16th. It's a Saturday, and um, I I will be with two gentlemen, Pat Johnson and Chris Keto, and um, we will be speaking about you know kind of the after effects of our NDEs. And I know all three of us wish we had you know an hour apiece. Um, <laughs> to, you know, there it, it's a, it's a way to get to know us a little bit, and uh, and you know with COVID thing going around, I was really excited to um, host a lot of people in in my hometown. It was going to be in Salt Lake City, and and uh, that was not to be with COVID, but um, I well, think it will be still be a wonderful conference. Yes, I think it it will be. It won't be the same, but it should be really exceptional. And uh, for listeners that want to find out more about that, they should go to the IANDS.org 
um, a website and uh, sign up because it's it's going to be I think really excellent experience. You'll learn a lot. Claudia, we're out of time, I'm afraid. Thank you so much for being on the show. And um, I'll just tell the listeners to tune in again next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. And this is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening. Thank you.